Iowa everywhere. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm a the Avid Brothers. Live in concert. Friday, August 25th. Wells Fargo Arena. On sale now at highvtix.com. Chris Williams. Chris. Chris Hassel. Two guys named Chris. Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery. From the Channel Seed Studios, this is Iowa Everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Good morning, friends, and welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. It is August the 14th, a beautiful Monday here in central Iowa. My name is Chris Williams. He is Chris Hassel down in the great state of Florida. Do you see a red line on my forehead? Excuse me? Do you see a red line on my forehead, or is that just me? Yeah, what, did you you wear like a hat hat really tight or something? God damn it. He's messing up my Botox. We're presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery. Did, did Dr. Oz give you that Botox? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was part of the, boom. It was part of the deal. <laughs> God, you're such a little, you're such a whiny little bitch. What? I'm we're just kidding. You think I do Botox? Look at the wrinkles on my forehead. God. Um, I'll tell you what, real quick, to thank our friends from Fairway for sponsoring. You know what they do better than anyone? The Not send grill. a box to me. It's the chicken griller. It's full of some Van Winkle. I've tried to make these on my own before, and it's a disaster. So what's those wrapped? Thing? Those wrapped in bacon, chicken. They're wrapped, wrapped in, bacon. in bacon, and they're mm. stuffed full of stuff. So like, I personally like the broccoli and cheddar one. It's got broccoli mm. and cheddar in it, but you can get them with like. There's the cowboy. There's the Hawaiian. Um. The, I, I honestly think, Matt, you're a fairway connoisseur. Like, I I, this is the best thing that they do. And I know that they have, like, more fancy meats and stuff. Nobody does the chicken griller better than fairway. I haven't tried the chicken grillers. Last, we got family in town right now, and I made some filet mignon oh, on the smoker. Oh, my look gosh. That, it was so good. Damn, that looks good. It was amazing. Oof. Your all hands right. are all uh, bloody. <laughs> it looks like you're, you're unwrapping a, a brand-new placenta. The problem I've had with the grillers, I mean, it wasn't me cooking, but like when my dad would cook them, um, and I, I don't know where they were from, but the, he never was able to cook the bacon all the way. Like the bacon was always just super floppy. It's probably your dad's fault. Yeah. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. It's definitely Don's fault. All, all he could do right was a crumpled up hamburger. I think what you got to do with that, especially with the chicken, you've I don't know what he was cooking it on, but you've got to bring grill. Some, like a gas grill, was it? I know it was a grill, you dumbass. I'm asking what kind of grill. Because <laughs> I, I don't used, know. Like Matt and I use, a tr- we each have a Traeger, and you have to, when you're doing the chicken, you've got to bring real heat at some point. What's a Traeger? Is that the Traeger it's was a, a smoker. smoker? It is, but... You a smoker use, is a grill? I use it like one all the time, yeah. I mean, it's basically like an oven that's outside is how I look at it with smoke as opposed to electricity running it. That's how I would do okay. it. Well, and it's the indirect heat. It's not like a flame that's just charring things. Yeah. So it's just you got to bring real heat to get it. that bacon done, though. I'm guessing your dad didn't make it hot enough. Yeah, that's my guess, too. Son of a bitch. We're in the Channel Seed Studios as, hey, we're leading off with some real football topics today. Stay tuned for our bigger, bolder, better segment with our friends from Kelderman. Really, uh, because I end. we got a text from Keith Murphy yesterday, and uh, 
He said, just catching up on the pods, biggest week of breaking college football news in years. I'm 15 minutes in. It's four minutes on a meat box, three minutes on Bloom's bench, and eight minutes on the Amish. Don't ever change. So we have real football news to talk about? It's like, it's made by the Amish, so we're going to charge $1,000 more. What if he's a shitty Amish um, craftsman? (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, they're all the same. Just because he's Amish? they're just the same. Yeah. It's unbelievable to me. And then I was, I got, uh, my buddy English was, was over and he was commenting on our conversation about this too. And he's like, yeah, but they don't use power tools. So it takes them longer. And I said, that's their choice. Right. I agree. Like in this marketplace, it's competitive out there. Right. And if they're charging me hourly, it's like, go get a, go get a goddamn power tool. I'm sorry. Like. I don't. I shouldn't have to pay more for it. That's all I'm saying. I'm with you on this one, Williams. I'm with you. Uh, Kay McNamara goes down during the oh, Kids geez. Day scrimmage at the University of Iowa. Uh, now, I, w- I do want to point out real quick, this is a good time for us to pub our new show with Scott Doctorman and Chad Lysico. They are airing today. I believe uh, we'll bring Aiden Wyatt, who is going to be their producer in. Aiden, are, th- are you going live with them? Is that the plan, or are we just going to record and post? I believe that was the plan. Record and post, yeah. Okay. They will be recording today at 11 o'clock, and I'm sure that Scott and Chad will have all sorts of great insight on the Cade McNamara pseudo-injury. Their show will be called Legends and Listeners. (laughs) I love it. Very well done, gentlemen. Very well done. That that starts today, and then our new Big 12 show with Nick Osen and Jake Brind. Uh, I believe they are recording on Thursday of this week. Now, we will have consistent days and times once the season starts with these guys. We're kind of flopping around right now. Uh, Firmly Entrenched will be the name of their program. A nod to the great Gene Chizik uh, for Nick Osen and Jake Brind's show here on Iowa Everywhere. But nonetheless, Hassel, K. McNamara goes down. We all see a tweet on Saturday and the whole world just loses its goddamn mind um, with the sign. No, it's it's it, it sure feels like he's going to be okay. But <laughs> if we, the one thing I, I've learned about coaches and Kirk Ferentz was, and I believe him after this scrimmage, didn't really know what to say because you you kind of have to wait and see how things progress. We're not going to know shit about his health for the next three four weeks because they will keep that from us. And it's going to be a guessing game. But hopefully this is something very minor. It didn't look like a... We were told it wasn't his actual knee. It was more of a leg thing based on what I read. But nonetheless, this had to be terrifying as an Iowa fan. I'm sorry. I wasn't laughing at the injury. I was laughing at Brett's comment. Brent's comment. Brent wanted the uh, the new Lystico Doctorman show to be called Circle Herc. <laughs> a nod a good to one, one of our commenters. <sighs> Yeah, that was a reminder of how close we are to just wiping out this entire offseason of good vibes, right? It's You're one play away. And the thing that really scared me about that one was it was non-contact. Yeah. Just kind of running forward and then stumbling to the ground. You know, you can say it's not a big deal. He's going to be fine. But I I think the key point here is you are always one play away from absolute disaster because we kind of have all of our eggs in this Cade McNamara savior basket. And if he goes down, even if it's just for a short amount of time, who's who's going to come in? What are they going to call for the person that comes in? I mean, I, I just feel like... It's that guy. It's the guy from Wisconsin who came with the guy from Wisconsin. Didn't he throw like three interceptions in the scrimmage? The Deacon Hill. I mean, every yeah, time I looked on Twitter, volunteer quarterbacks yeah, coach. I looked right? on Twitter. I was like, well, well, another interception by the Iowa defense. Blank picks off Deacon Hill. 
Yeah, but y'all make interceptions, though. That's what they do. I know Iowa's defense is great, and it's always going to be ahead of the offense this time of year. But um, do you really have faith in any other Hawkeye quarterback? No, and I, I mean, if I'm being brutally honest with you, I, I, I'm still have questions that the McNamara thing. Like, well, sure, really, but with the with the offense, like you know, players, you know what? Outside of the fact that that injury is um, concerning and it showed that we're one play away from disaster. The other thing that really stood out to me, Matt, if you can pull that video back up of Cade McNamara when he actually got injured, is he was scrambling out of the pocket and running forward past the line of scrimmage. When is the last time we saw a Hawkeye quarterback do that. C.J. Beathard, maybe? Yeah, that was the name I was going to give you. And he wasn't much of a runner, but he could do it. He at least would do it. Remember, that that was our complaint last year when whenever Petrus would go off the field, you'd get a quarterback that had mobility, but it was it was clear that they were telling him, Okay, you can scramble side to side. Don't you dare, motherfucker. Don't you dare cross that line of scrimmage. Don't you do it. But now they at least have enough faith, I think, in this guy to scramble. And that's, God, Iowa quarterbacks are always just such statues back there. And, you know, Brian Ferentz said last year, and somebody asked him when he gave that, the infamous quote, you know, wouldn't it be good to have a quarterback that can buy a few seconds, buy some time? He's like, well, yeah, but do we, for what? If it's not there, it's not there. Only thing that could go wrong is bad. I mean, there's nothing that could go right after that original break, you know, original cut from the wide receiver. No, what are you going to do? Bryce it's only going to get worse. For an 80 yard touchdown. Yeah. So I, I did really get excited to see that they're at least going to let this guy move. And this guy can move. And not just side to side, but across the line of scrimmage. Because that is, this day and age, I mean, you can go under center and all that. You can still have your old school offense, but you can't you can't have a guy that's just a statue back there. Boy, it feels too, like, I think for both of both of our teams... You just really have that offensive line circled as like, hey, like this will make or break the season in in some capacity. I, I really feel that way with Iowa. There's fewer questions about Iowa right now as we go into the year compared to Iowa State. It's like, I, I mean, how many times in the last couple of years where have we had that conversation? And then you get to the off season, you get these transfers. It's kind of sexy, right? Oh, we got a guy from Ohio State. We got this guy. We got this guy. The offensive line just has to take a major step. It sounds like Kirk Ferentz is, um, thinks that they have. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so does Matt Campbell right now. Okay, so. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't know about Matt Campbell, but we know Kirk Ferentz's history with offensive lines. That's his thing. But it hasn't been good for a long time, Chris. Two years. It's been two years they've been atrocious. And clearly, they cannot be I don't think on that level I don't think they've year. had a great line since the strength coach left. Well, what was that? Three years ago? But yeah, but like it's a real trend at this point. So like they've got to... I'm not saying they won't. I'm saying to me, we could talk about all this stuff. But if they don't have, like, they were downright bad last year. Yeah. On the offensive line. If we want this to be the season that, you know, the 10 11 win season that a lot of Hawkeye fans are asking for, we can talk about quarterback. We can talk about this, whatever. They've got to be considerably better up front. Yes. I, I, I totally agree. That based on what Kirk Ferentz has said, I feel more comfortable about the offensive line. Very then, experienced. Which, you know, that can it's go one of two ways. Yeah. Yeah. But they've got you can't. I just use don't the, I don't think he would be that glowing about the offensive line if it was anything close to what it has been the last couple of years, because that's gotta be embarrassing for him. 
yeah. to have offensive Absolutely. lines like that. But you're right. It does. It, it, if, if you don't have an offensive, if they have the offensive line they had last season or the year before, Iowa's in trouble. And I, I would make the same comment toward, like, if Iowa State, let's, and this is a big if at this point, they're circa numbers down to five. If Iowa State were to get to a bowl game this year, their offensive line has to, if it, let's just say last year it was a three, it's got to be a seven this year with new quarterback. You know they're they're going to want to limit possessions. Do all they have to be able to run the football? Uh, it's just I just still until I see it, I I have a hard time envisioning what this Iowa offense like is going to look like because it's been so long since they've been competent. Right? We know they can do it. We've watched the we've watched the Brad Bank film here how many times on two guys named Chris. <laughs> we know that they. But it's just been so long ago since we saw it non-Spencer Petrus. It's like, God, you got to wear, you got to, you got to get that offensive line going. Um, Back to Iowa football here in a second. I want to thank our friends from Circa Sports Iowa. We're going to be out in Las Vegas coming up for week zero. Hassel and I will both be out there signing up for Circa Survivor and Circa Millions 5, the biggest pro contest, pro football contest that would be in Vegas, totaling $14 million in guaranteed prizes. You can sign up in Vegas, but you can play from anywhere. CircaSports.com. Just a reminder, the deadline to enter these contests is September 9th. You have to sign up in Vegas, but then you can play anywhere after that. So uh, we will be out there, and Aiden's going to be with us in a couple of weeks, four weeks, zero, and you guys will get to follow along with our shenanigans when we are out in Circa coming up here in just a few weeks. Uh, A couple more Iowa football notes before we get to Iowa State. Um, Hassel, you you had a question. I feel like we're – I feel like we're towards the end of this gambling thing now. Oh, oh, oh. What what inning we in now? Uh, we are in the eighth. Did you say, what did you say about three weeks ago? Did you I think say I said the seventh. Seventh or eighth. Yeah. And so, I said fourth. Yeah, you were right. I just, from I think football-wise, from what I understand, I know with Iowa State football-wise, it's pretty much done. Okay, so let's, let's just, let's take, let's piece that together. How many outstanding that they haven't publicly talked about players that we don't know what they bet on? I think zero. I think so it's just in the hands you, of the NCAA now. So you, you're not you're telling me we're not going to hear another we're not going to get another report blank on I the Iowa State Iowa football State, if team. If it's an Iowa State football player, I think it'll be like a walk on or something like that. I don't think. Okay, so all of these guys have been named. I believe so. Nobody knows and, for sure, but I believe... And all of these guys have criminal charges against them. Apparently. There's not somebody that didn't um, change his name or what, or go through his brother or his mom and did believe, it himself and bet on games. I believe there are other athletes in our state for both universities. But not football but players? I don't believe they're football players. Okay. That's, all right. Educated guess, and I hesitate. Now that's not the case at Iowa. You still got Noah Shannon. We have no idea what he bet on. But that's an NCAA thing. I know, but that's what I'm saying, Williams. These guys won't be able to play if this doesn't come out. I don't think so. I was going to give you a little perspective on the Iowa State thing. I don't think any of those guys are going to play. Well, maybe Jake Rimsburg. (laughs) Maybe Jake Rimsburg, the right tackle, but like I. So the way Campbell's dealt with it is a little different than Ferentz. Like, they've chosen two ways to do this, and I don't, I don't think one's right and one's wrong. Campbell hasn't had these guys around the program since May, since all this mm-hmm. happened. Like, none of them have practiced. They're not lifting. They're not doing any of that stuff with the team. And they've just gone on like we're going to play without them. Mm-hmm. Where Kirk, I mean, and I give Kirk credit, like, letting Noah Shannon talk on – Media day, like yeah, that's really surprising to me. I loved it though because it was like you saw like he 
you saw his emotion. You saw he felt bad about his poor decision. Like I, he must I not have bet on a it, game, on an Iowa game. No, no way. He must not have bet thousands of dollars. But I'm if telling he did, you, and Ferentz knew about that, I can't imagine that he would want to bring him to Big didn't. Ten Media Days and want him to talk. Matt and Kirk did not know. Like they, I promise you. When the Arlen Bruce thing came out last week, that was a surprise mm-hmm. to people in the Iowa okay. football. So, so what? Why do you think Kirk Ferentz knows exactly what Noah Shannon bet on? Well, he hasn't been charged with anything. So, but because that, from what I understand, that doesn't of the mean he didn't bet on his own game. They've gone through and tracked all their bets and stuff like that. Yeah, and clearly, like Noah Shannon, and I'm I'm guessing didn't use some fake name, right? Right, so he's not getting criminal. Yeah, he's not being criminally charged, right. But what if he still bet on an Iowa game? What if he bet thousands of dollars and you meet those thresholds? I'm guessing because I think these compliance departments have gone through and combed through all that right now. I don't think they've thrown So you think now everybody knows what everybody did, but they didn't a couple weeks ago? Yes. Even the in, players who aren't being criminally charged? In football, in, yes, I okay. think so. In right. football. Now, I think there's more coming on other sports, potentially, but sure. I think this is the DCI's way of saying, hey, let's get the football thing done before the season, even though it's two weeks before well, the season. But yeah, So what's the next step with Noah Shannon? You're waiting on the NCAA. I'm guessing that the Iowa – I'm guessing that – this is all a guess. I want to make sure everybody knows that because nobody really mm-hmm. knows – but I, I'm thinking that they have gone through his DraftKings and FanDuel accounts or whatever, and they've tracked all of his bets, and they've turned that into the NCAA, and they wait on a suspension. That's my yeah, guess. I'm just not so sure that the NCAA is going to come down and decide by the start of the season. I don't think, for Iowa State at least, I, any of the guys that have been mentioned, I don't think any of them will play this year. Other okay. than perhaps and I don't Jake Rimsburg, because I mean, he only placed like six bets. So it's, it's possible that they could get him back like halfway through the year. And But it's just affecting Iowa a lot. So the only guy yes. we know about in this criminal thing is this kicker, right? Is he the only one that we know about that's still well, on the team? That's still on the you team. Know, Arlen Bruce isn't there, obviously. Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so that really surprised me when people were tweeting – during this scrimmage, well, there he is, Aaron Blom. He's out. He's not in uniform, but he's out there. He's with the team, not participating. But that—that's really surprising to me. A guy who is being accused of betting the under in an Iowa game that he was suited up for is still with the team. Like, d- does that surprise you? Yes, yes, it does. And I get it. It's still all. Allegedly, it's all ongoing. Right. Yes, but man, if if someone was being accused of taking the under or betting against the team, like in in the Iowa State instance, or even betting on a game on an Iowa or Iowa State game, I I, I wouldn't think that they would be around the program right now. So that that really shocked me that he was out there. But again, it goes to how differently Matt Campbell and Kirk Ferentz are handling this thing. Yeah, and, and I don't necessarily know if I think one's doing it right or one's wrong. I don't. Mm-hmm. I like to use the phrase, there's no playbook when it comes to this, right? Like, neither of these coaches have been through this. Really, no program has been through this. This is a really... <laughs> I'm reading a tweet You guys from... see this? Yeah. <laughs> Jake, Brent, yes. Jake Brent was at Media Day, and Ferentz, uh, this isn't a direct quote, but basically said, the players would have been better going off to a bookie <laughs> instead of using the apps. I was listening well, live when he said that, and... So you can kind of tell, you can kind of read his thoughts on this. You can tell. He is very pissed. He's pissed. But at the same time, come on here. I mean, (laughs) you got guys betting. You got Arlen Bruce betting on half the games he played in. 
I'm going to say Guy's it one more time, under. dude. I'm going to say it one more time. Any of these guys that bet on their own game should never play again, okay? we, we all I don't think they will. That. Yeah, we can all agree with that. But think of how small our state is. Mm-hmm. I just want to point a couple things out to you. One, we're a very small state. Two, look at the guys who are all caught up on this. There's white guys. There's black guys. There's guys in – there's quarterbacks. There's kickers. There's linemen. It's not escaping anyone, Okay. So, like, from what the scope we have, it doesn't matter if you grew up with money, if you're white, if you're black, if it doesn't matter. You're caught up in this. Like, all demographics are. And we've got this many guys in our state who have been betting on their own games. Yeah. Think about that. That means Nashville. it's going on everywhere that you can place a bet. On a on a mobile device, I think you know there, there's some states, not very many, but I think Illinois might be one of them, where as of now you can't bet on, and they kind of keep going back and forth in the courts. You can't on your phone, even though gambling sports wagering is legal, you can't place a bet on like an Illinois football game on your phone. You have to do it in person, so that. That might, I mean, that would make it a lot harder for these guys, especially the ones that are changing their aliases or whatever. Now, you can still go have your mom walk in there and place a bet, but she would have to then pick up the money herself Mm and give you the money, right? Which, I don't know, is that even illegal? I have no idea, probably. But I don't know that that would be caught. But most of these states where gambling is legal, and there's 30-plus you can place a bet on your phone. So this is, we know, if it's, if this is happening in Iowa at both major institutions, it is going on in every other state where you can do that exact same thing, mm-hmm. where you can bet on your phone, on your computer, through an alias or what have you. It's happening all over. And I, I guarantee you there's circumstances that are far, far, far worse than anything we've seen from Iowa and Iowa State. Because this is just one state of 30-plus. Mm-hmm. Well said. Before we move on to Iowa State, I want to thank our friends at Channel Seed. Give a shout-out today. we got a big one here. The we've, We're going to Raccoon Valley Ag and Gabe Fiscus. Gabe is out of Goldfield, Iowa. He is the mayor of Goldfield, Iowa, who's a big Iowa State fan. The mayor of Goldfield is a channel seedsman. Oh, hell right. yeah, to quote the great Stone Cold Steve Austin. Shout out to you, Gabe Fiscus. I want to give Goldfield, a shout out Iowa. as well to, to Matt Fletcher, channel seedsman, who uh, is helping the Peterson Farm in Muscatoon, Iowa. Mm. Matt Fletcher. Thank you for your service. Getting to be a busy time for those farmers, man. Also, if you want to go to the Avett Brothers on Friday the 25th of August, you should go to iowaeverywhere.com and click on our Evening with the Avett Brothers link where you could register to win tickets to see the Avett Brothers and a chance at an overnight hotel stay that is worth you also get $100 for food and drink. You can just go. It's That's literally all you have to do. Go to iowaeverywhere.com, enter that, and we're giving away a bunch of tickets to the Ava Brothers coming up on August the 25th. Iowa State Any had a scrimmage. You, uh, wait, Iowa what? State had a scrimmage too? Yeah, but it wasn't open like Iowa oh, was. Oh, Campbell's got it all locked yeah. down. So I was wondering because I saw those pictures. Like, what the hell's going on? But nobody's reporting from it. Yeah, no. No, we weren't there. The um, so we really don't know anything that happened. Cyclone Fanatic Premium subscribers kind of do, but not a ton. This stood out to both of us, and it's just the pure marketing of the Iowa State football program right now. There was a photograph posted by Cyclone Football on Twitter of JJ Cole, the true freshman, and the redshirt freshman Rocco Beck, who are in the quarterback competition. I'm told they are still splitting splitting reps. Uh, with the ones 
but th- this was uh, one of the highlights from the day. So clearly they are trying to move our minds away from one Hunter Deckers. And um, you really got to I'm also, this, I don't also. know, though. I'm, I'm, I, if, I'm, uh, if I'm a little becked, I'm a little bit peeved. Why is that? Because I think if, if I'm a fan, I'm seeing this picture. I'm seeing J.J. Cole just, just towering over Becht. Just towering. Making him look like he's 5'8". I'm thinking, all right, Cole is my guy. Really? I want him to win this thing right now. Look at that. Look at the height difference. And Becht is in the foreground. <laughs> Some real nerd photography stuff here. You and Van Winkle can just go off on this. You know, the, uh, I th- girls have this, um, there's this app that a lot of girls will use to try to figure out the height of a guy who posts his stuff on, you know, whether it's Tinder or Bumble or whatever, the, whatever those dating apps, and they can figure out how tall a guy is. Like if he's 5'7 and he's trying to pretend like he's 5'10". I, I would like the real height for Becht. It, it, it's stunning to me because his dad is like 6'7". He's huge. He's the head coach of the St. Louis XFL team. Yeah, Anthony Becht, who was a tight, good tight end for many, many years in the NFL. Huge guy. I've met him in person. So you're saying you're... Just, you're going strictly off the height of the quarterback. Oh yeah, I'm all in on Cole now. He's I'm riding with him now. And I think you put it up to a poll right now. Put post that picture and say who do you want to win the Iowa State quarterback See, the, job. The listings here, Van Winkle pulled it up for us. It's got uh, JJ Cole listed at six seven two fifty, Rocco Beck six one two oh five. Oh boy, I don't think he's six one. He looked really small last year when he was on the field. We did see him a little in a couple of games last year, and, and but he was also a true freshman and not necessarily height. I understand you're not just going to go to the weight room and put on a couple of inches, but mm-hmm. he he has gotten bigger as far as his stature goes. Um, uh, my I I don't know. They are legitimately splitting reps. I know this is a real competition. They like Rocco a lot. He was a highly recruited guy. It's not like he's some guy that they picked up out of nowhere. My gut tells me he starts game one, and then we see Cole at some point during the year as well. That's just where I'm at at this point. I'm just telling you, the marketing department did back no favors. He's in the foreground, damn it. (laughs) Uh, Here's a realignment quote from Trev Alberts, the Iowan who is now the Nebraska Athletics Director. This is from Brett McMurphy of the Action Network. Here's the quote. History is unkind to conferences that have not had the courage to expand. I don't believe it's done. It's never been done. It's more likely than not that there will be continued periods of angst. I believe that the next go-around, that's my basic conclusion, will be far more disruptive than anything we've ever engaged in. We need to prepare ourselves mentally for that. God, it's like he's talking about Armageddon. Yeah, atomic bombs, nuclear war. Yeah, that that last part was That's really... talking about succeeding from the NCAA and we're all basically we're going to kill you the say ACC. succeeding yeah seceding seceding right? yeah yeah whatever there you go like, like channel seedsman they've succeeded from the NCAA <laughs> I knew where I was going with it that really scares me because like we well they're going to kill the ACC he's just they're telling in the us bi- that the Big Ten has already added USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, Rutgers, Maryland. And it's going to get a lot worse. Like that's that's potatoes compared to what's about to happen down the road. Oh. 
it's just I mean, I'm sure your nipples are hard again. No, not that. anymore. Oh, you've had you've had enough? You've had your uh I'm good. There's also a theory out there, and I just I don't know how this happens. Uh, this is the one I'm rooting for. I've used this example, I think, with you before, but it's like it, I kind of think of it like cable. It's like, oh, we all hated cable. We're like, oh, we want all a cart. Well, now we have like 20 apps, oh, and it God. sucks, and we're paying more. And we're like, hey, it'd be really smart if we could just have all this in one spot, kind of like yeah, cable. Yeah, where you can kind of flip back and forth. Yeah. And, like, there's a theory out there that everybody's going to realize how much this sucks and kind of go back to the old way of doing things. But I just don't know financially how that will happen. Like, do you think the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be like, yeah, we're going to quit cashing $100 million checks per school just to appease the geographic purists of college athletics? Like, I just don't I don't no. see it happening. No, it's still going to always follow the money. All that is going to ever matter is how much money can be made. That is the only reason that these major decisions are being made. It has nothing to do with what Gene Smith saying, oh, we're just so excited to add these great athletic institutions of Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. They fit our blah, blah, blah. Give me a break. I don't know enough about it, but I do question as well. Once these leagues become so big that, like, for instance, the ACC that is in a major period of weakness right now is has, has already voted not to add Stanford. Now, that could come back and change. I think it's potentially well, it could. It, it was close. Yeah. It, I think they were one vote away. But it's the schools that want out the Florida states that are voting against it because they don't want they don't want the ACC to survive. Like they they want to get the hell out of there. So and this is where my point is. So you're looking at an 18 team Big Ten right now, okay? And I think in the past everybody would look at the Big Ten and be like, "Oh man, Duke would be a perfect addition. North Carolina, um, you know, there's a lot of these schools." But when you get to be so big, these individual schools have to add to the pot, right? And it's like, let's say that the, I mean, like Duke and Virginia right now, which are two schools that I know the Big Ten has always wanted, or North Carolina and Virginia or whatever. And it's just like, at what point in this media landscape that we have are you just diluting things for your member institutions? And the only reason they took Oregon and Washington is because they're coming on like half shares or whatever it mm -hmm. is for a while. It's the only reason. I don't, it Financially, again, you, you nailed it, my friend, when you said it's all about the money. And right now, there's not a lot of money. Right now, there's not. No. It's going to take a few years. It's going to take, you know, maybe it's maybe it's when the next media deals are up that this next huge shift comes, but... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With this fear monger, Trev Alberts. Oh, man. Nuclear Armageddon coming for college sports. If you think, I mean, this he's basically saying this is a blip. This is nothing. What does that mean? Does that mean that these conferences, and the SEC has hinted at this, that they would they would get to a point where they would only play each other. And then at the end of the year, they would have their own playoff. Just their teams. Is that what it's going to come to? God, I hope not. I'm telling oh. you, we need we need the Mac. We need the Sun Belt. 
We need Conference USA. Mm-hmm. And I think there'll be a rude awakening. I, I will tell you this as a Big 12 guy, as an Iowa State guy. I would be far less interested in the SEC, even though it's the best football. I understand that. But I have the NFL on Sundays. I would be much less likely to watch that Alabama-Tennessee game if the thought of one of our Big 12 schools would not be able to play them. If they're in a different, if they're completely in a different ecosystem, I would be much less likely to watch them. Mm -hmm. Because I get it. Like, it's really good football. And and, and I think they go, well, we're the best. People are always going to watch us. To a point, you're right. But I have the NFL. Yeah. I will watch my regional games before I will watch that. And I think they're overplaying their hand. Just me. What about you? Like, if let's say the Big Ten is the AFC, the um, SEC is the NFC, but they never play each other. It's two totally different forms of football. Would you watch as many SEC games? That's a good question. Would I watch as many Big 12 games? That's another question. Yeah. If they're not even a part of it. This thing works because it's all in the same ecosystem. Right. It's all under one FBS umbrella, and these teams all can play each other. If in college basketball, the, um, the Summit League didn't get an automatic spot to the NCAA tournament, would you watch their championship game on a Tuesday night in March? No. We mm-hmm. wouldn't, but we watch it because they're going to be in the tournament and could potentially play one of our teams. Well, Drake says in the comments he's done with realignment. Can't control it. No more surprises. Don't care. That's kind of my. I mean, it's not that I don't care, but I think this is a good a good point to curb the realignment talk and get to the big breaking news that that Matt Van Winkle um, uncovered over the weekend. That the butter cow is basically fake. It shocked, Did you catch this? It shocked me too, man. Do you want the Did backstory? You, catch this, you want the backstory behind this? I mean, just a, just a smidge, but I need more detail on this. So I was at the fair on Wednesday doing some stuff for for work. Because you know they had the Jack Trice butter sculpture this year, the Caitlin Clark butter sculpture. We all saw it, and there's the butter cow at the end there. And I saw it from the side that the normal fairgoers don't get to see. And it was empty. There was no backside of the butter cow. We've been lied to all these years. I thought this was a full cow sculpted in butter. So somebody on Twitter yesterday uh, tweeted a picture at Matt because he said that to me that the butter cow basically isn't real. It's not real. And it's only like half. And and somebody said, no, see, I took this picture here. And at first blush, this picture does kind of look like, yeah, you know what? What mm-hmm. the hell is Matt talking about? That's 3D. That That's right. Oh, no, no. Matt zooms in and tell us what you're seeing there, Matt. It's basically a hollowed out cow with like drapes over it. You can see it. You see those like cream colored drapes, Williams? Oh, wow. Yeah. I was, the guy's calling, the guy called me a liar. I was literally there in front of it. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not lying to you. She told me, yeah, it's only, we only fill in the part that people see. You want other, the other crazy thing is about the butter sculptures. They've been using the same butter since 2005. What do you mean? They reuse the butter. When they're done with it, they just put it back into these buckets and then reuse it. So Wait, it's but if you if you're just gonna build the same butter cow every year out of the same butter, why why not just keep it up the whole year? <laughs> That's I don't know. It's part of the fair tradition. So the only part that's butter is the head and the front legs. That's it. It's basically the front half, yeah. And the udders. It's not even half. Yeah, because it's, it's hollowed like out. It's not. It's all hollowed out. This is terrible. Did you know this, Williams? I did not know this, no. Also, 
I don't think there's a human on the planet that gives less of a shit about the butter cow than me. <laughs> like I, I, you would, but, you couldn't pay me to stand in line to go see that thing. I don't. Well, I've care. never, I've never gone to see it either. Even when I was forced to go to the fair, I've never. I don't even know where the butter cow is. But KXNO ruined me from the fair. I won't. Did go you back also know that there are several other states that also do a butter cow? Really? There is a CNN report, and I thought it was like they made a mistake. And and the topic bar says annual butter cow unveiled at Illinois State Fair. Unbelievable. Well, at least and that's there a it real is. One. And you know what? That looks like a full cow. And there's like a woman milking the cow. Theirs looks like the one you can like. It looks like it's glass all the way around. You can probably see all the way around it. Now, some of the stuff like the Jack Trice, the Caitlin Clark, the Kurt Warner, those are full sculptor, sculpted objects. The cow would be too much butter to fill the center of a massive cow. It would collapse probably. <laughs> so apparently they do it in like Illinois, Indiana. Yeah. I thought this was cow. like a an Iowa thing. Nope. It's like learning that every other state has a field of dreams. Ohio yep. does it too, says Mike. And Ohio was the first one to do a butter cow, says Mike. We have been lied to. Thing. Williams, this is making me open my eyes. Maybe ghosts and aliens are real. Mike says it's a Big Ten thing. So they've got butter cows in Oregon. I was going to say, yeah, Oregon and New Jersey. Eugene's got a butter cow. L.A. has a butter cow. I was really, really disappointed to learn that. Because we Matt, make such a big deal about this butter cow. Like, oh, butter, you got to go see the uh, the butter cow at the Iowa State Fair. You could just go in. If Why didn't I in, go to the fair? What? If Did you're you go in to the, the, the Quad Cities, you could just as easily drive to the Illinois State Fair. It's probably closer to see the butter cow. A full butter cow. Did you, like, go for leisure, too? Or did you just go um, when you had to work? I went for work the day before the fair opened, and then I did. We went as a family on Friday for two hours. Oh my it was, god! You it went was, to East Side night. No, we went a, during. We went during the day. We took a baby to the fair. the fair. Yes, it was awful. Don't ask. Jeez. Aren't me you guys it. like the ultimate East Siders? Because aren't you east of East? <laughs> far East. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've had this fight far with East. Ross Peterson for years. He gets really ticked off. <laughs> so what was it like, Van Wink? And why would you um, go? It was hot. And crowded, it was not enjoyable. Uh, no, I won't do it again. I won't take a baby to the fair. Again. <laughs> you seem scarred. A little bit. The food was great. We went for the food. They have. We went for lunch. On a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, it's right coming, baby. Did you see? They've got a lobster roll that's like sixty dollars. Yeah, at I the state heard fair. it's incredible. My buddy is the one who created that, and I heard it's really good. I would eat that. I'm not, I don't think I'd pay $60 for it, but holy mackerel. Should we do today's um, bigger, better, bolder performance of the past week and weekend with our friends from Kelderman? And then we have to get yeah. into Hassel being a total elitist, and he is not wanted at the Knoxville Raceway. we got to talk about that. <laughs> Later on. First of all, I want to tell you about the Kelderman Corn Reel for all the farmers who are listening and watching. The um, original downed corn reel was invented by the great Gary Kelderman back in 1977. Here's how it works they bend all the spokes in the reel so it works with standing corn. We get a windstorm coming through. Remember this during harvest. They can save a bunch of that corn that is damaged. And the cool thing about it, too, the Keldermans, they are all farmers themselves, so they test out their products before they sell them to you guys. Kelderman Manufacturing, bigger, better, bolder. Let's get to our best performances of the last weekend. I'm going to let Van Winkle start. I'm going to go last because it will segue into another conversation on the elitist Chris Hassel. <clears throat> well, I, I saw this on Twitter over the weekend, old preseason football, Packers and Bengals and... Iowa and Kevin Harlan on the call. Daddy, a beautiful night and all. <laughs> Excuse me. 
Excuse me? A beautiful night in Cincinnati. What did she wear? <laughs> a cheese bra. That's a cheese bra? That's a cheese bra. You got to watch those, the stream. For those who are listening and, and didn't see the stream, they, Harlan goes, it's a beautiful night in Cincinnati. And then they show this woman with a cheese bra, and they all just start laughing at it. You know the director had that all planned out. As soon as he said beautiful, he was going to cut to. That's bigger, bolder, better if I've ever seen it. Did you just say Iowan Kevin Harlan? Isn't he from Iowa? I don't I thought I Kevin Harlan so. was from Iowa. I've no, got him he from is, I uh, didn't know about it, Matt. Well, the old the old Wikipedia says he was born in Milwaukee. Wow, you really I thought Kevin Harlan lived in Iowa for a while. It, it, Harlan he might have lived in Iowa. Maybe he has family from Iowa. I thought Murphy was telling me that he was from Iowa. No, maybe I'm wrong. Okay, sorry if I'm wrong Wow, more, more fake news. More fake news out of me. What do you got, right, Williams? Uh, I'm going to go with the Knoxville Raceway. Sold out crowd for the Knoxville Wait a Nationals. second. I thought I was going to go second. Matt, or Hassel's going to go second. Okay, Hassel, go. What in the hell? You are... You, Williams, you called out, I gotta, I gotta go last because it rolls <laughs> well, right Well, then into Van Winkle threw it to me, so I didn't want to fight about it. Yeah. I just let the show go on. All right. Unlike you. Um, I, I've got to go with, I, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a big fan of the FedEx Cup playoffs in golf. Like, we know the, the majors what? mean more, okay? The majors mean more. But Lucas Glover won the first FedEx Cup playoff event. This guy was like the ultimate... Um, one hit wonder like 15 years ago wins a major I was out there. of nowhere you were there I was at that US Open following Lucas Glover and Ricky Barnes around Ricky Barnes Black. another guy that just fell off the face of the earth Beth Page so, Slack yep so he wins there. that and then just totally disappears what year was that Williams oh nine ten yeah nine or ten totally disappears like barely even keeping his status fighting the yips with his putter all of a sudden he breaks through last year with at the john deere classic and then this year is playing the best golf of his career wins last week and wins this week and this week fought off one of the worst cases of swamp ass you will ever see this guy's caboose was soaked look at that Poor it looks like uh, it kind of looks phallic. This his cheeks, and his everybody. cheeks are soaked at the bottom, and then there's like up his crack is just like this big phallic. And then everybody's just commentating on it on Twitter. Like, wow! How do you overcome that? When I was in little league, uh, my pants ripped in the crotch in a huge moment like we were playing it's this team that was undefeated and we had a chance to beat them my pants ripped in the crotch and I just I froze up I could not do anything I had to pitch I had to bat and I blew the game for us because I was so upset about my my crotch Lucas Glover worst case of swamp ass ever goes out there and wins do you his think second straight event oh he had to know you think somebody's saying you hey, can't? Lucas, uh, you don't you're, have you're that much, right now. Williams? Can't you just imagine how heavy that would have been? I mean, it's basically like wearing a diaper that's filled with piss. You can feel that. <laughs> I mean, that's heavy. I thought most of the pants these golfers wear are those moisture wicking anyway. Yeah, so apparently he doesn't want the moisture. He just wore wicking. the the Jim Harbaugh <laughs> he khakis. Wants the moisture keeping. Hundred percent. Keep that cotton. moisture in there. Jeez. All right, Williams, it's, it's your turn. <laughs> do you have, like on your iPhone? Do you have like a widget like with latest news, like Apple News? Kind of. I have one yeah. of those widgets. And I ignore it all the time. I'm I'm going to sleep last night, but I'm reading on my phone and and all I see is the word swamp ass and Lucas Glover, <laughs> and I was like, what? That's weird weird headline to see. are you one of those people that puts the baby gold bond down your pants down your front and back when it's i haven't out? but i should i probably should at this point I, you know andy fails does that keith murphy does that i i they're the only two people i've ever met that do that like what yeah i don't do it i don't really get it i've never done that 
I'm going Knoxville Raceway for my Kelderman bigger, better, bolder performance of the week. This you place is sold go. out. Well, there were reasons I didn't go. I, okay. I usually go. Sold out crowd. This event, when I started going to it like 10 to 15 years ago and stuff, it, it was a big event. It's always been a big event. Chris, you've been to it. But it was like you could walk up and buy a ticket. This thing was sold out early in the week. Kyle Larson won it. It's getting national headlines. It really has become, you know, since COVID, I think, it's really taken a new step because they do all these streaming races now, and people can watch it throughout the year. They become bigger fans. They want to be a bigger part of it. There's nobody who does this type of stuff better than Knoxville, and I wanted to give them a little bit of a shout-out because they had an awesome awesome couple of weeks there where they really, really cemented themselves as one of the crown jewel races in, in all the country. So there Kyle Larson wins. Kyle Larson wins. And that doesn't hurt. You know? Well, no. Maybe the it hurts best, you a little bit. It hurts you. Best race car driver in the world. Uh, now you owe me $30. This is a bunch of bullshit. I don't owe you anything. You These handicapped extremely unofficial. the race. I am, I am you not had a Kyle Larson at plus 130, and I said, all right, I'll bet the 100 bucks that Bloom owes you via me on Larson to win. And he did. So now you owe me 30 via Bloom. My, my handicapping for the Knoxville Nationals was phenomenal, by the way. Well, what about my pick to win? I picked the right winner. I mean, that was an easy pick. But I would have I would have made a lot of money if I was actually a bookie on Saturday night. I would have well, uh, absolutely Van dominated. Wink Van Wink picked uh, Donnie Schatz. He tweeted it's not a, a bad gif pick. Of the, the guy that's just said I just shat mm, myself. Shat down my leg on that one. <laughs> uh, so uh, I want to really quick just point out something that Hassel actually tweeted. You know, people are excited about the race. A lot of people, even if they're not there, they're watching it. People are people are excited. This is a great Iowa event that is a worldwide following. And Hassel says, in, in reference to the Knoxville Nationals, if I could I was, go to no, this, I, I think I quote I quote tweeted a video that Connor I, be, I think it was Connor C F Chang's posted of the uh, the full stands and the national anthem and there was like a. There was like a woman on a horse galloping down the oh, back yeah. stretch with an American flag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a big deal there. Hassel says, if I could go to this and have my own private box so I wouldn't have to get dirt on my clothes and in my eyes and also not be subjected to the noise and the people and have my own mixologist, dot, 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 I think I would go. I think I would. Like that. I wasn't trying to be an ass. Like. That video that that was posted by Always Race Day, that that looked cool. It looked really cool. You would the stands are just it. packed. You would have fun at this th event, but I don't think I'd want to take you. It's it, I it's would be overwhelmed by the uh, the noise and the dirt. It's the same thing as my wife. I don't want to take my wife to this. She's going to ruin it for me. Oh, there's the. You see the uh, the horse there in the down the back stretch with the American flag. Yeah, you would totally ruin this event for everyone around you. Not if I'm if I'm comfy in a box. But I'm not sitting in a box. I don't want to sit in a box if I go to the night. I want to sit out there and with Blake Anderson and his crew and like my boys, Chad and Jeff and like, I, I where I in the infield? No, in the stands with the people. It just, you really scared me when you said that dirt gets on everything and well, in everything. I like will it tell gets you this in your beer. Not really at Knoxville. That's what? so like Knoxville is a huge facility. Like if you go to a place like Marshalltown, you're you're coming home and you're gonna have six layers of dirt in your on your face. Oh my yes, god! Yes, the dirt will go into your beer. Like Knoxville is not really. Yeah, you'll be dirty. You're gonna want to. You'll get a, a you'll get a dirt anal probe. What in the hell? Six is wrong? layers of dirt in your ass. Aiden acted like a little punk. He was supposed to go with me last Thursday. I think I'm gonna have to take a pass. Wait, he was going to be your designated driver. I had another one, and Aiden decided not to go. What? Yeah, in sorry. The hell? I, had to, <clears throat> I had to move my sister in on Friday to 
Iowa State. That's a so great I really excuse. Want to have a super late night? I know you don't like early nights, so <laughs> I do not also, like early. <laughs> Aiden has learned when you're out with yeah. me, you're not getting home before midnight. That's for goddamn truth. Also, I ended up having a huge migraine on Thursday, so oh. Oh. in retrospect, it was a good thing I didn't go. Otherwise, who's that a bigger wimp, Aiden or Hassel? Unbelievable. You know, I'm I'm gonna say it. I ride with Hassel on his take. Oh. If I could be in oh, a yeah? booth, yeah. I'll, I'll hang out with Williams. That's okay. I'm My been, man Van Winkle, he's coming with me to the races. I've been to a lot of races. I've, I've been on the infield with um, in Charlotte with uh, Joey Logano on his crew. I've been with um, you know on the IndyCar crews during the the Iowa race in yeah. Newton. I've been to a dirt track. the The most overwhelming thing about it is the noise. Like the noise, I it's just it doesn't bother me at all. I love it. Oh my god! Now I love the noise. I, I'll say when I was on the NASCAR crew with with um, Logano, like that was first class. They had you. You had all, everything you needed. They gave you the great earplugs. Yeah, and and so I I, I felt great. But I, I ain't think if no earplugs at Knoxville. Oh God, that has to be so loud. It's really not like, though. It's really not that loud. Your, it's a lot your more head loud. Head is being just absolutely penetrated and probed by that awful noise pollution. You're really overplaying the the noise. Who's what is this that? Guy? What is that picture of? Is you wearing a Joey Logano shirt? Yeah. And that's a Wait, Twitter what? search there. What? What the hell? Zoom into my face. What's up with? Who is this guy? I look like a. You look like your dad there. <laughs> I'm wearing glasses. Who is the guy on Twitter, who is allegedly like a Knoxville employee who? <laughs> he was. He claimed that oh. he had given you credentials and he doesn't want your ass there and you're not welcome in Knoxville. And he yeah, he said even if you want to go, you ain't welcome. We got no spots for you. We're sold out. There's no room for you, you some bitch. Let me tell you something about racing people. And I'm a racing guy, too. I love these people. These are my favorite people in the world to hang out with. There's nothing I would rather do in my free time than be at a dirt track. It's the God's honest truth. They are way, way too defensive. Instead of, like, instead of this guy, whoever this guy is, this guy should be like, oh, Chris is literally on national television he's from iowa he could be really good for our sport to get more people like chris hanging out here we should bring him in here and like give him a first class experience and hopefully he'll talk positive about us and we'll change his mind instead this guy's like fuck you and that's how most racing people are and it's just the wrestling fans are the same way i always compare wrestling and racing fans together you want to feel really uncomfortable. You go sit in the middle of like a wrestling crowd if you don't know what's going on. Oh, man. Because they will make you feel like a total idiot. Oh. Well, Steve brings up a, a good point. And, and this is... For me, it's not the sport. It's more me when I say things like that. Like, I need a box. I don't want to be with the people. Steve says, Hassel would stay in the RV in the barn and watch the race on TV. I would like when I went to the final four in Houston, I had press passes to go to the stadium to sit courtside and watch the final four. But I did, I stayed at the hotel in the hotel area and watched it on TV. It's just, it's just a lot easier to do. It's a lot more comfortable it's better food. It's better drink. You can talk to the person next to you. It's not madness getting in and out. I, I just, don't disagree I, with you. I can't, and that's, keep it simple. That, that's why I was at home on Saturday night because Knoxville's actually gotten really, really, really difficult on Saturday nights to get in and out of. I, I, Bloom came over. My buddy English came over, and we watched the race in the backyard and had a fire going, and it was very pleasant. Oh, man. South Bend Hawkeye says, Hassel will be covered in gold bond and lube, getting ready for his anal probe at a dirt track. <laughs> in this show. Oh, my God. 
you did tell me, and I don't know if you were just giving me lip service, but you said you wanted to go next year. I, I, it looks really interesting. We'll have my camper. We'll get my camper there. It will be fun. We'll have a good experience. I think it'll be... I'll take you next year if you're really into this, if you really want to go. How do the rednecks decide what to do when the Knoxville races are going on and the state fair is also going on, like East Side Night? How do you um, pick? I mean, I go to the races. But what if you're an East Sider? I, I think and if you're, you're a racing fan, guy. racing always will take okay. precedent over the fair. Be my guess. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. We had another great show, and we have a ton of people watching this thing now. By the uh, way, I got to clear it up. Awesome. Kevin Harlan's dad went to Dowling. Ah. He used to come visit his grandparents in Des Moines in the summer. Well so. done, okay. Matty. He's right. an honorary Iowan, I guess you could say. I wasn't totally off. Legends and listeners, it's going to be presented by our friends at Heartland Flags, along with Firmly Entrenched. They will have their hey. first shows coming up this week. The third guy named Chris wants to know why I'm using a straw. It's a metal yeah. straw. Why What's are you using that? a straw? To protect your lipstick? Well, I don't know. I just felt like it. I don't like it when the ice touches my, like, the outer part of my face. Like, kind of gives you a little bit of a liquid mustache. All right, let's end this show. Thanks to Maddie Van Winkle for the production. <laughs> We love all of you guys. Thanks for listening. Please tell your friends about us. Football season's coming up. Have a great week. We'll be back on Thursday. Iowa everywhere.